We should start like that. Okay, one, two, three. Hi, listener. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Hot Local Singles. <laughs> A kiss for the listener. On each cheek. One for me, one from Joshy. Did you miss us? Premium phone call style. <laughs> Welcome to Hot Local Singles. Yeah, we're doing album. What are we doing? What What is this episode? Maybe you can explain better than I can. Yeah. We're going back to basics. We're going back to the binary. We got so like so much like outrage from fans and disappointed followers saying that you fucking faggots. What about the hot local? We live for the hot local. So we're gonna bring it back. I was wondering if you were gonna bring that up. Did that actually happen, or are we inventing that? No, one person said that to me. Hi, <laughs> listener. You know who I'm talking to. All one uh, listener. But no, so. it really politely. It wasn't like no. Um, we had always planned on bringing it back, anyways, but. Things are changing in Holocaust Singles land. We're like moving up, we're like growing up a bit, and mm -hmm. we're hoping to maybe offset a bit of the costs of podcasting because podcasting is expensive. We have like a server, is that what we have? <laughs> Something like we that. We have a host. Um, it's that. humiliatingly expensive to do this. Exact. We'll record more. We'll do a bit more of these episodes, but they probably will end up on Patreon before they end up in like the normal streaming services. <laughs> so you'll get to listen to them. But if you like are a nice person, or, like a nice human being, you like donate a bit, and then you can get early access to them. And there will be exclusive yeah, episodes. Yeah, we're consider this is like planting the seed. Yeah. The seed is going to be a three dollar tier. We're planting that seed in your mind. <laughs> that sounds so sexual seed the seed of course the top is gonna is talking about seed <laughs> you guys should as part of our patreon we're gonna have live streams hopefully and yeah. you guys will get to see josh and his wife peter he looks so hot right now he's like <laughs> <laughs> that is locked content isn't it premium <laughs> locked content yeah exactly we should do like only fans slash uh, <laughs> patreon discount Juan and his black tees <laughs> in his all no. black outfits uh, i can barely show like elbow i can't even <laughs> make it these days <laughs> my like covid weight gain journey was too real it's very related to lana so much because i definitely went through it too i relate to her too but yeah welcome back but i'm back at the gym and i don't know i should mention oh, yeah, that i'm back can... at the gym yeah and i feel better than ever that's not true actually i'm in a, a wretched <laughs> mood today <laughs> But generally, I've been feeling good. But I will say, one album that we're discussing on the docket mm -hmm. this afternoon is, in fact, what docket. ruined my mood. Oh, no way. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you which one until we get to it. But um, No, yeah. I can't wait for that. It did It did piss me off. And it put me in a bad mood. So but that's for later. That was... I don't even know what just happened there. But let's talk about what this episode is fully. <laughs> we're talking five recent albums in chronological order. Um, and minutes ago, I misspelled chronological to Juan and I message and I spelt it chromatical and it was like an honest, <laughs> genuine mistake. So I'm still living that down. But yes, <laughs> Chromatica by Lady Gaga is one album. Charlie XCX album, How I'm Feeling Now is another. Jesse Ware, What's Your Pleasure, Taylor Swift, Folklore, and Brandy B7. That's what we're going over this week there was a lot of albums that we considered because it's been a while since we recorded um so we might do shout outs to like the chloe and Hall I don't, holly yeah well we can do we can do that now yeah the chloe and holly album i think was like pretty nice yeah beautiful vocals the i think it's holly who the one who's playing the little mermaid 
Yeah. Her vocals are so beautiful. I'm like really into Do It. Like I'm really like Do It's just that great. Song a lot. Yeah, and her vocals in that sound so amazing. Yeah. Do It's like one of the songs of the year. The best songs yeah. of the year, I should clarify. <laughs> the song, a song but, of the year. A song that was released in 2020. I know I really like it. And um, no, me too. the album has a lot worth listening to. It's called The Golden Hour, I believe, right? No, Ungodly Hour. Fuck, I'm sorry. You know what's Golden Hour? Uh, what is Casey it? Musgraves. That's nuts that I would say that on today of all days. <laughs> you don't even you don't even listen to Casey Musgraves. I don't even go there. But yeah. Ungodly Hour by Chloe X Halley. Chloe and Halley, I guess. Chloe times Halley, yeah. <laughs> Remember when you got dragged by Chloe X Halley Hive for yeah, saying X? Yeah. <laughs> or time yeah, someone, or something? <laughs> people were like, who knew it was like a math problem now? It's like, hon, it's a joke. Calm down. <laughs> I think they were joking too though. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I liked that album, Ungodly Hour. The song is a disclosure production, and it just is great. Oh, really? That's a really I good love one. Tipsy, which is a Chloe production, actually. Oh, no way. Yeah. It's really fun. It's a really fun song. Hmm. Uh, but we're not here to talk about that, actually, as a matter of fact. So it's been many months since we did our binary rating, and we missed a lot of like crucial releases. Mm-hmm. So we're going all the way back to what, May, April, whenever Charlie came out. So let's start with Charlie. Yeah, April. Crazy. It is crazy because two episodes ago was April for us. And (laughs) we were talking about Claws, a song on that album, before it had come out fully. We just had clips of it. And we kind of were talking about how it sounded like one of the best Charlie songs we've ever heard. Like everything Mm -hmm. we like about a Charlie song, like list of nouns, like, (laughs) like just like a euphoric (laughs) list, basically lyrically. And then we hear the song and it's actually, in fact, kind of in a way incomplete in my opinion. Unfinished. Yeah. I I feel like it is like that. This happens with Charlie to me. It feels like personally a lot where a song (laughs) that I love isn't quite done. It's like a personal attack. It does. It's starting to feel that way, yeah. I feel like she does that so often, though. It's I still mean, it's a good like song. A fun, yeah, it's a very good song. It is very unfinished. Um, yeah. But we could talk about the album as a whole. Yeah, and I do also, about that song again, feel like Dylan Brady of 100 Gex kind of like botched the ending there by like making it about him, you know? <laughs> I'm she just saying. Like, huge ego. like Anthems, which was the immediate song that I kind of was attracted to to me, doesn't have much longevity just because of how it sounds. It sounds like a Dylan Brady production. It's, like, noisy. It sounds like a Gex song. It sounds like a Gex song. And the thing is, like, I feel like Charlie's straying further and further from Danielle Harrell's light, you know? And, like, like swaying more towards the Dylan Brady sound. And there's a similarity between um, Danielle Harrell and Dylan Brady, but Dylan Brady is like simpler to me. Like there's less to hear, in my opinion. There's less to hear, but also more. Like it's more like wall of sound. It's more maximal. Yeah, but he doesn't yeah. pull back. He doesn't have a sense of pull, like pulling back ever. No, that's true. Whereas if you think of like I Love You Too on Number One Angel, which is an all-time fave for me, that's Danielle Harrell. Mm. And it's like the perfect balancing act. And I'm not sure Anthem's is <laughs> i like anthems a lot but i get what you mean and the album like how i'm feeling is it how i'm feeling today or how i'm feeling period how i'm now. feeling now yeah wow. 
does have like definitely two it's like it's not even split halfway but there's like sprinkled throughout two you can tell that there's like the the early charlie and the like dale and brady charlie mm. like party for you to me sounds like pop two and it is pop two right it is um, yeah historically in a way it's like yeah historically like in a way like doesn't i think it works together but there's like you can see like two different like there's like the pink diamond anthems um Claws side of the album and then there's like party for you enemy and i finally understand part of the album hmm. which i feel like is like the old charlie meets the new charlie in a way um, okay i like that take i like again i kind of find with this charlie album the order is like whack a bit like i can kind of never settle yeah, into of like a groove i guess i like the song enemy it's like the kind of 90s guitar one or something but like the therapy call at the end, I just I find that like I don't, I don't know how people can listen to that to be honest. The cringe of it all. I like that song a lot, but it is true. I feel like it hurts. It hurts right here. <laughs> <laughs> but then that song is bookended by Detonate, which is like Unlock It Part Two, Dark Sided, Redux, yeah. and then I Finally Understand, which is one of my favorite songs on the album. The simplicity of I finally understand is like unmatched on how I'm feeling now. I know, that's what works. But overall, how do you feel about the album? You're a Charlie Stan on the record. I always like it. Yeah, it's like the yeah. her last couple albums have been like, I know they're there. I like appreciate elements of them. I just don't feel like I have to listen to them that much. That's interesting. Like I had my singles that I like. That's how I felt with Charlie. I even like the like C 2.0 Um click too basically the sequel mm -hmm. i like the second half but i find the first half which is like just build up i find it like a bit of a slog to get through you know yeah a few things are like a slog to me they're like that's weird. a little exhausting that's like the opposite experience that i had with this album okay um, go on like to me charlie was that like to me charlie was like hmm. a mess like it was kind of just like some songs didn't work at all and i only really liked i liked click actually hmm. i like gone but then there are like the song with Haim, the song with Troy Sivan, both songs with Troy Sivan. Mm -hmm. As there's still a bunch of songs on that album that I just couldn't get into. But this song, it's not even th this album. I've had like faces with most of the songs. Like the only one that I haven't had a face with is Seven Years yeah. and Visions. But every other song I've had like a moment with. But it's true that I haven't had like, I haven't had like an album experience with it. Like I don't listen to it. Like I never sit down and listen from Pink Diamond to Visions in a row. Like that's never how I consume this album. It's been more like, oh, I'm having a party for you face. Oh, now it's like an enemy face. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah. Singles based. I agree with that. Yeah. I liked yeah. Detonate for a while. What about the opener and closer? What about Pink Diamond and Visions? How do you feel about them? I love Pink Diamond. I think it's so fucking crazy. It's honestly not my favorite, but Visions is great, I think. Great hook, similar to Party For You in a way. The drop is like unearned. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't really like where it goes. I like how it ends, but I don't like the transition between the like distinct parts of Visions. But I'm so picky. Like, I f There's always these issues with me and Charlie. Like, There's very few songs of hers that I think are perfect. You're, you're such a picky listener. You're like a produ producer listener. But it's true. And that is probably like, that could probably actually be like Charlie's main issue as a pop star i feel like things often do feel like they could have been done better 
like when you listen to this compared to chromatic which we'll talk about later like i think musically this is more interesting but chromatic is like a much better produced album or like it seems so much more clean and complete clean for sure that's like that's like the beauty of charlie is that we like the roughness of the music the like edge of it Mm-hmm. And the reason why I like this album so much is because it's like she taps into her more like melancholic side. I guess because she was trying to do like quarantine album or whatever, so she was like sad or something. I don't know. But mm-hmm. the journey that Party for You had from that demo to now is like so beautiful. It like sounds so much better now. It's like a fucking masterpiece to me. Like to me, Party for You is like an example of like right. She sat down. She had like a good like a good ideas in terms of like a cute melodies mm. but with this she actually sat down and was like okay how do you compose this so like from the beginning to and it's telling a story it like makes you feel happy at the beginning then it has this like crazy bridge that makes you feel depressed and then at the end you sort of like end up being like okay i'm satisfied with that journey it's like i wrote like <laughs> i wrote a roller coaster but i'm back to the beginning some of her songs like it's a roller coaster that like just leave you hanging at the top and like mm-hmm. okay bye like get off the roller coaster on your own find the way out you're right. That's and like claws. Only Charlie could like howl, come to my party, and it <laughs> sounds significant and like life yeah. or death. Mm-hmm. It is a journey. That's a great song. I need to, in fact, listen to it more. And it's fucking life or death. That's like my favorite song of the year, I think, literally. It's like so stupid, but I listen to it so often. I think Party For You in the second half of Click 2, and also maybe Anthems, all of those are like so quarantine-based, just like laying it on the table like I miss my friends. Yeah, I'm like lonely all the time. Those are good examples of like, she sat down and did it. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting talking about this album too, because it's like, I already went through like the infatuation period. Now I'm much more like the cool down period of it. Yes. Yeah. Totally same. The infatuation of certain songs and then like the slow, the long tail of like the songs that grow on you afterwards. And maybe it's like seeing the value in it as a whole. Like I think to be frank, and I do want to stop talking about this album soon, but I think Mm -hmm. the cover art put me off. What is the cover? I forget. Oh, yeah. It's the worst cover art for sure so far. I mean, she looks really hot. She looks like, I mean, kind of weirdly perfect. I don't really like see a thirst trap for this. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't really know who it's for. Like, I don't really know. Yeah. It's uh, certainly not her fans because we're okay. I feel like she looks amazing, but it's like how I'm feeling now doesn't seem to be amazing based on the yeah, lyrical. Yeah. No, content. exactly. Yeah. And like, even like melodically, it's not about like euphoria. Like there's moments of euphoria, but the whole thing is about like, I'm fucking crazy. I'm losing my mind from being inside. I've got visions in my mind. Yeah. The bed thing is like, calls to the fact that we were all in bed all the time during April, but I don't like it either. I think I agree with that. Yeah. But I do think in general, like we were talking about this over Twitter about like all the flat, like all the reactions to Pitchfork. And I do mm. think this album didn't get enough. Like Charlie's narrative now is that she only makes bleeps, 
bleep blue music, right? And people mm-hmm. get so like fixated on that idea. And I feel like it's, I don't think she's getting enough credit for making like really interesting music nowadays. I think she's one, if not the only pop girl who's doing like a sound. Like mm. she sounds like Charlie. And this album is perfect in the sense that Charlie, she tried to do that, but it was fucking nuts. Like some mm-hmm. of it just didn't work because she was like leaning too much into Mm-hmm. I'm unique. I'm like crazy, blah, blah, blah. This album, she like recovers a bit of like, oh, but my, I have that edge, but my songs need to sound good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they have to have some sort of like melodic thrust to it. And I feel like this album is like the perfect balance of it. And no one's giving her enough credit for it. I feel like mm-hmm. it's not like, I mean, this is one of the albums of the year. It's like the quarantine album. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the quarantine album. Definitely. It's like the, most interesting expression of an artist that I think has defined the last five years. And people don't see it for it just because they love to drag the bleep and bloop and they love to say that it's all the same. People are just so allergic to an artist doing the same shit. Like they think that an artist has to do disco this album and the next album has to be folk. No, fuck it. A woman. Yeah, exactly. A woman. Yeah. It's like, no, Charlie XC has a sound that no one else has and no one else has as much as a distinct vision that she does. So that's what I got pissed about. Yeah, you smashed that. That's all true, I think. And mm-hmm. honestly, I don't even know if I really necessarily gave her credit for that. I would actually say Charlie and Ariana Grande are similar, hear me out, mm-hmm. in that they don't <laughs> change their sound ever. And like That's they're true. relatively successful at it. And as yeah. women, like generally eras are implied as a pop star. Yeah. And we can discuss the sexism of that. I think maybe we have before, maybe we haven't, but... I think we had like... In the chat when we were not recording, we talked about it for Okay. But I think like for to summarize to the listener who's not part of the chat, that's part of the Patreon. <laughs> if you wanna <laughs> if you wanna join our group chat, you have to pay for the Patreon. But uh we were just discussing once I think in relation to the strokes actually, when the strokes album came out. Right. How like men get to do the same sound for their entire careers, but pop stars we like expect them to change it up every once in a while. One hundred percent. Every album. Every album, literally, like a fucking circus act. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's why I like this album. But in terms of hot and local, I think it's hot. I just think there's an album. Mm-hmm. There's a great album in there if you like combine a couple songs from Charlie in this. Ooh, that's the real take, actually. But like, neither of them are like extremely satisfying. Yeah, And I really appreciate a satisfying song. And just like sometimes it just doesn't work with Charlie, you know? Mm. But the ideas are all there. And I kind of love it no matter what. Yeah, I think there might be like too many ideas. Like maybe mm. if she had like sat down. These albums came out like in less than a year from each other. So mm-hmm. she had like sat down with all of these ideas and like curated the best selection of songs. So it would have been like, like a 10 out of 10. Definitely. We referenced it earlier. Let's talk Chromatica. Wait, but you have to rate it hot or local. Oh, do I? <laughs> yeah, you have to. Uh, well, yeah, it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's pretty hot. Retro. Retro rating system. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going back to 2019 when we used to rate things. It's like not listenable enough in a way to be local. So that's my take on it. Exactly. Yeah. Not a diss. Yeah. Not dissing. You're dissing okay. locals. Local Queen, Lady Gaga. This album's local. Chromatica. Yeah, that's right. Right off the bat, I'll say that too. Like, no matter what defenses of chromatic I have, it's a local album. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. It's Gaga doing local. Last episode, you talked. We talked about it a bit for a while, and you yeah. seem to not love it. Yeah, there are songs I like. I remember I agreed with what AJ Two of YouTube fame liked, and 
I do. I okay. I like Alice and I like Babylon. Those are like the bookends of the album. They're like '90s themed, like housey, kind of UK, two steppy almost. But like, I don't really think that many other songs on the album like stick the landing of that theme. Like, I don't really think that's the theme of the album. So it's like a red herring almost. Like, there's a lot of surprisingly generic EDM production that almost feels like it's looped like just not very much character doesn't seem to be interacting with the song itself very well production's Mm -hmm. a low point of her career i would say and lyrically it's like ridiculous too lyrically ridiculous but the production is a low point too what song are you talking about oh just the album in general generally yeah i mean that's hard to refute (laughs) <laughs> i feel like okay here's the tea full disclosure i've had a really close relationship with chromatica like, this is always just like personal personal story time yes as most of you i've been in and trapped in my house for the last six months yeah. and during those six months i've been looping a lot of chromatica songs like if you go through my on repeat on spotify you'll find <laughs> replay as number one for example that's shocking <laughs> really it's such a good song so yeah the sample like there was a twitter video going around of like how the sample got made or whatever such a such a cool behind the scenes on how music gets made what is (laughs) the sample some Oh God, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like a dumbass, but I think it's Diana Ross. Oh. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like vocal. They sample her vocals. Now I hear it. Okay, so to me, the album had a lot of potential to have become a dance album. Like mm. songs like Replay, like Babylon, like Alice. These are my favorites. I mean, my favorites now. Like mm-hmm. Replay, Babylon, Alice, Nine One One, are songs that like are not even pop. Like not like classic pop. Not like. They're more like dance. They're more like they remind me of Kylie Minogue, and I think it's because I've been listening to a lot of Kylie recently too. So they sound much more like dance. They sound that they're like meant to be played in clubs or whatever. But then my problem with the album is that in between those tracks, there's like the string instrumentation of the of the interludes, which to me is just so wacky. It's so corny. Mm. That shit's so corny. Like I get like like some of the fans love that like chromatic a three to nine one one transition and it's like no 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 no. she should have focused on the dance aspect of it made the good tracks like six minutes long because that's how a dance mm. album works it's like right like literally like replay could have been stretched to like six six minutes with like two good minutes of just instrumentation like crazy mm. just like gays go do poppers and like dance to this shit mm-hmm. um but I, I don't know there's just it, it never arrives at that it never fully achieves that and i think a lot of it is Gaga's like really corny and local aesthetic sensibilities. Her vocals are my main thing musically that I hate about this album, which is like she's a fucking singer, so it's bad that I don't like her vocals. But because she does like a lot of kind of retro for her lower register, like speak yep. singing. I like that actually. You like that? Okay. Yeah, I like the speak singing. What I hate is the like screamy, like. It's not show. It's not show tuny. I find it to be show tuny, but it's more like eighties, like power ballad singing, like screaming and like. Yes, Enigma is like that. By the end, she's exactly, fully shouting. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I noticed yeah, that yeah. too. 
it like comes from the throat and like when you listen to rain on me and then ariana comes mm-hmm. on it's like oh this is such a relief because her voice is her voice is like smooth and sweet and like flows with the beat yeah and then gaga's like shouting at it that yeah. to me just doesn't work like like that's when i'm like okay this could have been a beautiful dance album if gaga had like sweetened her voice a bit or just like less yelling there's like one point I think in the bridge of Rain on Me that like Gaga's voice actually scared me <laughs> like the first time I heard it. I can't remember what the like word is, but she like says something and it's like a little bit too loud and it like took me off guard. But it's like a horror album. I love that idea. A horror album, yeah, jump scares. <laughs> like Paranormal Activity, the album, The Purge. I think like you're kind of onto something, and I agree. Like. I wanted it to be a dance album. Yeah. And we could, we were promised that too. Like I wanted it to be like 90s though. Like I would say actually Babylon is a little bit too 90s for me. It's like kind of early <laughs> 90s. Or I guess like you said, kind of 80s. Yeah. I just wanted like a real rave album, like a real UK house rave album. And I I kind of thought I was getting that with Alice, especially at the, as the first song, but I didn't get it. Babylon's great too. Although I need to fucking... Little Monsters love to blow things out of proportion. And this tweet didn't sit right with me. There was a tweet going around where people were like, Babylon is better than Vogue. Hmm. If anyone can they do see sound my similar. right now, I'm like, they're very similar, yeah. But saying that Babylon's better than Vogue? No, 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 no. We're talking about classics here. We are talking <laughs> like, about classics, Vogue, yeah. Vogue is Vogue. And yeah, maybe you find it to be better, but you don't disrespect the legacy of Vogue. And saying that Babylon's better. Babylon, fucking I don't think monsters. so. <laughs> yeah, fucking little monsters. Get a fucking grip. Who do you think you are? Nothing on this um, album is better than anything outside of this album. <laughs> That's the shadiest thing I've heard. <laughs> There's just nothing excellent. It's just not excellent. I'm sorry. Like, have you heard Fun Tonight? It's like, I can't believe that's a song I had to hear. Fun um, Tonight's really that's bad. How I feel, that's how I feel about Sign From Above. The you Sign Elton From John. Above? will not stand like i can't no with that i don't understand how and this is maybe i don't have the little monster like software installed in my brain i don't they <laughs> never paid for the lobotomy the chip but when people defend sign from above i say and little monsters love that they love mental gymnastics they love the feminine <laughs> queen we all do that but sign from above is like an objectively shitty ass song it's like <laughs> swedish house mafia with elton john vocals no 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 no, not Elton. I mean, I, I'm down for Swedish House, House Mafia. I think she could have, like, <laughs> stuck the landing on a pure EDM album, you know? Or she yeah, could have yeah, stuck totally. the landing on, like, a ravey album. But yeah. as it stands, it's like, you really need to pick something. Because you have classical vibes, you have EDM vibes, yeah. and you have 80s to 90s, like, yeah. mashup vibes, too. Plus bad romance style stuff. Like, it's all over the place. I've even seen people say, I think this is mostly about stupid love, that it has like Daft Punky vibes. Hmm. And I cannot see it too. Or more like early 2000s. I really like stupid love still. Yeah, you do? Crazy. I don't like that song. I do. I I don't listen to it much, but I I guess I hear it. I don't really know. Um, I don't really care. (laughs) Can we talk about the next album? (laughs) (laughs) We're going so fast. No, that's it. I think it's a local, local album. I think it's better than... That you're making it out to be. It's not that bad. <laughs> no, it's not bad. No. It has really good moments. Okay, here's what I'll say. And this is, in fact, my final statement on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like rubber stamping this. 
I'm like hot wax sealing this after I say this. Mm -hmm. The best songs of Chromatica could have just been on our pop and it would have been better off. Oh, right. And then like half of this stuff I could have never heard and I would have been happier, frankly. I think I would have been less depressed overall. (laughs) (laughs) I just need some good music. Like I just need something good, solidly good all the way through. And I'm just like, where is it? I'm looking. Yeah, it's not, it's not been happening recently, actually. I'm desperately looking. Let's look towards this next album. Little Monsters, sound off in the comment section. I know you will anyways. I do love a little monster. I love someone obsessed with the past. (laughs) (laughs) That's so mean. I honestly like Gaga. I like Gaga too. I mean, I love Gaga. Gaga has like a cultural thing. I fucking love her. Oh, wait. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I got into the fame monster like this year. Really really good. Have you never listened to it? Or like not in full? The song The Fame is so good. That's actually my experience with art pop. I hadn't listened to art pop till like last summer huh. at all. It's yeah. really fun to get into a Lady Gaga album in the summer, totally. I have to say. Yeah. A good one at that. Yeah. But even a bad one. I had fun listening to it. Um, I forgot the name. Chromatica. Okay, <laughs> once again, we're moving on. We have to, please. <laughs> Lady Gaga is just the topic that keeps on giving. You can't stop talking I about know. Her. I know. Yeah. I could talk about her every episode. That's her genius, yeah. So Jesse Ware. You're cut. Jesse Ware. Speaking of speaking of being obsessed with the past, let's talk let's talk about Jesse's Ware disco pastiche. Disco like yeah, whatever this was. So her album's called What's Your Pleasure. People liked it. The answer of What's Your Pleasure is not this album. This is not my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> let's just listen to Spotlight. Pressure by Jesse Ware. That's the one. What do we think about it? I wish I had more thoughts about it. And I think that's I pretty know. much like the tea about this album. It's to me like the only things that the only thoughts that have arisen for me from this album are, are from the fact that it has garnered incredible like critical acclaim <laughs> that to me is not at all like warranted by this <laughs> meddling album. It's like the most mediocre pop album I've heard yeah. recently. It's not bad. It's really beautifully produced. Like mm. Spotlight, for example, I think it's a really, really beautiful song. She sounds beautiful. Mm. But the problem with Jessie Ware, and I think that she's like, I'm a Jessie Ware fan, by the way. I like her. I love that first album of her. But she's mm. so harmless. She's so like riskless. She's like mm-hmm. so in the middle of everything. Her music is like always the same, like loungy mid-tempo. And I feel like, this album to me is more of that. It's like, like to me, the fact that in when she came out in 2012, say, I don't know the exact year, but like around then, the thing to do was like Aaliyah revival type R&B. And she hopped on that. In 2020, the thing to do is disco revival. And she hopped on that. And she does it really well. She makes pretty cool, good music, but mm-hmm. it's not a pop. Like she's not a pop star to me. Mm-hmm. That's it. And this album is not culturally defining. It's not going to do anything to pop culture other than exist. That was a takedown. 
You're right. Um, less 80s, more 90s, please. I think we can all agree it's time to move on. Um, my favorite album of Jesse's is Tough Love. I would suggest, it's, I believe, 2014. I would suggest to the listener, and even Juan here, to listen to <laughs> Sweetest Song, to listen to the self-titled song Tough Love. Right. Tough Love. Tough Love. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. See, that tickles me. Not, not enough tickles me these days. <laughs> I want to be tickled. But again, I will say listen to Sweetest Song on Tough Love and also the self-titled song Tough Love. Um, because there's just something about them that's not here. I, I feel like her lyric, her um, vocals in this album are so buried in this like kind of drudge mm. of mm-hmm. funk that I'm just like not really yeah. that doesn't really speak to me and it is very samey like throughout it's samey except for the last song where like she barely sings the chorus it's called remember where you are I really like the last song yeah you did I remember you tweeted about it I also like Mirage don't stop but like don't stop moving together or whatever that part is so annoying to me <laughs> like I don't really I don't know like so annoying um, the production's great on that, though. Produced by Benji B. Benji B. And the instrumental, in fact, is on Spotify if you want to listen to it. It's really, it really is great. So I can recommend the instrumental of Mirage. Not the instrumental. But it's grown up, it's grown on me, too, so. Yeah. I feel like this is kind of, this album is probably a sleeper. I'm sure that in a year I'm going to take back everything I said because I'll enjoy a song. But I think it's just there. It's not, she's not trying to do anything fun or interesting. Yeah, she's always been adult contemporary, but this is like <laughs> taking it in a direction that I really almost find like um, unpalatable to even me. Like I don't right, right. want dance music to be this soft ever. It is really soft, yeah. yeah. Um, and I, can, I, I actually appreciate that usually, but not this time around. It's like par for the course for like a f- handful of her songs on an album to be easy, like easy listening like her biggest songs sound like Ed Sheeran ballads. Like she yeah. is known to be kind of low stakes that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like Say You Love Me, I think it's called. Like all of her top songs on Spotify, I'm sure, are like just not what anyone who's listening to this podcast ever wants to hear. Exactly. But then there's songs like If You're Never Gonna Leave, you know, like the more oh, kind God. of experimental songs that are just yeah, the best fun. songs she's ever made. That's so good. What's I that? Even love from from Devotion, I think, right? Yeah, from Devotion. Gonna... I love that album. I if think You're Never Gonna Move, Sweet sorry. really good. It used to be called 110% Remember. It did. I remember that. Mm. Yeah, I do. Um, there's just good There's good songs in her like discography, but they're kind of few and far in between for me. Yeah. For the edge I'm looking for. If you had to like guess, why do you think this one took off so much in the gay community? <laughs> I, th- I know you're like a member of that community. So <laughs> as an outsider, I was wondering what you think. Yeah, suddenly it did seem like there were people like rooting for her in a way that I had never experienced before. Right. As someone so... who like saw her live for the Tough Love tour. No way, really crazy. And I think it's just the four on the floor beat. Like, I think it's kind of just that simple sometimes. I saw some comparisons to her and Roisin Murphy. They've been both making like soft disco recently too. Yeah, but I don't I don't consider Jessie Ware a disco, like housey artist. Oh yeah, not at all, yeah. No. Like she's never done that before, really. No. Before this album. She's like firmly adult contemporary. Yeah. In a way that like edges into kind of electronic, like UK electronic music. That's her at her best at least. 
I don't know. I have nothing to say. I don't know why mm. she t- well, why it took off. I just hope she Literally. keeps making music that I like. I wonder. I feel like it might have had to do with the fact that it's very it's a very listenable album, and people were going off when it right when it came out. So people are like probably played it the weekend off, and they're like, "Oh, I enjoyed this." So like went off on Twitter, but no one's talking about it now. Yeah. Literally, no one's talking about Jesse Ware anymore. No, no one's talking about anything though. Like nothing's really yeah, a long-standing topic of conversation oh anymore. As a, as a little quick break from music criticism, Twitter this weekend was fucking unbearable. Did you go at all? Oh no, you went to the beach yesterday. I haven't been on in a few days. Yeah, lucky, lucky. I've but I was I was working from home this weekend because I have to do like um, a talk in an academic conference. So I've been on Twitter a lot. And the whole discourse this weekend was about um, age gap and age differences, which I feel like we've rehashed a thousand times by now. Right. I heard about this from you. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't care less. less. Couldn't care less. How many times have we done this? Literally. Oh, because that, that politician was like outed yeah. as, I guess, paying Instagram guys to mm-hmm. come visit him. How many times during the pandemic have we done this topic of conversation? Like, are you guys not done? Are you guys not over this? Are you fucking... What's that mental illness where you just come back to the same thing, like monomania or something like that? Well, you have it. <laughs> I'm diagnosing the gay community with that. They need to hear it. <laughs> Much like Jesse Ware's new album, we can move on. Yeah. Oh, to me, this is like a queen of local. Like to me, there's nothing more local than like a mid-brow album <laughs> that is like geared oh towards God. like, because not even geared towards like true locals. It's geared to like the... Yeah. The mid, like, I don't even know, like, the Allison Romans of the world, you know, that person, the, like, cook who has, like, hand tattoos, and it's, like, kind of edgy, but also just still very, like, <laughs> anyway, it's, to me, that's it. To me, it's just, like, the worst, like, demographic, so it's local. I love what you just said. I have nothing to add. <laughs> Perfect. Perfection. Okay, here's the next one. This is Folklore by the one and only Taylor Swift, is what we're discussing is what we're discussing here today. So in this moment, in a way, I barely need to even mention it, but this is the album that put me in a bad mood today. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping it wasn't that. Like, let's hope it's Jesse Ware. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Imagine Jesse Ware putting me in a bad mood. No, yeah, it's Taylor Swift. Yeah, Jesse Ware doesn't shift your mood. She just like, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like a benzo. It's just like yeah, mood yeah, stabilizer. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, on the other hand, is like, like, gave me an aneurysm. I like I listened to a folklore for the first time today. I should mention that's kind of why yeah. it happened. And for the listener, a bit of context: Joshua was so adamant about or like so against this that he wanted to listen live on the pod with me. I didn't want to listen <laughs> like, live, but I wanted to listen with you on oh, okay. Zoom. I wanted to like, oh, okay, I like okay. needed moral support. Right. In the end, I finally listened to a handful of songs that like I gathered were kind of the big ones that people liked, like Cardigan. Mm. um august mirrorball the last great american dynasty i mean those are good ones to like literally like keep that out of my house <laughs> <laughs> keep that out of my ear okay i fully disagree it's a great album i fucking love it okay thank god you do because i think we would literally lose a lot of listeners if we both hated this album oh, the swifties no i'm not a Swiftie. there is unanimous praise involved here Although, yeah yeah kind of like jesse where uh, but even more so, actually. More so, by far. Yeah. Let's listen to The Last Great American Dynasty. Okay, let's. There goes the loudest woman this town has ever seen. I had a marvelous time. 
hope you didn't listen to this at the gym. No, no, no. I listened. Okay. Um, I listened after, and thank God because I think it would have sent me into a spiral, and I wouldn't have made it to the gym. Do you want to start? I could start. Um, I like this album. Can you tell I me why? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> First and foremost, I think this album has music in it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think it's a fucking great album. I think it's really Taylor Swift is doing what she does the best, like storytelling very like girly storytelling obviously mm-hmm. but like very anecdote based or very like she likes to build the world she likes to also tell a story which yeah. i feel like a lot of songwriters don't do taylor swift is like literally introduces characters she's just like this right. is this person and like the, the song that he just played is a perfect example it's very mm-hmm. like skater boy by avril lavigne <laughs> kind of vibe <laughs> like literally just like setting up like once upon a time um yeah but in general yeah, I like I I just like this direction that she's going into. I feel like she had exhausted her pop bullshit, and I'm glad she's not returning to full country, but doing this like folksy shit that is kind of like just like more indie or more highbrow country. So like I think it makes a lot of sense for her, and I think that she can do it really well. Taylor, as we all know, does not have amazing vocals. She's not um, Whitney Houston. <laughs> But <laughs> but the album doesn't like she's she got rid of all of that shit when the pop pretenses is gone and now he's like it's all about the storytelling it's all about all the cutesy melodies that's for sure <laughs> blah, blah 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 I think it's a like I do find though like okay so I I love songs like the ones that you named like August I love Invisible String I love Betty but the album feels like a chore to listen at times for me. Like there were times when I, like the first time I was listening to it, I feel like I was like pushing myself to do it. I wasn't enjoying it hmm. as much. It's long. Yeah. And it was a really fucking long, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm, I think it's a smart move from Taylor to move away from pop. It's like, and it's like, it's a great album. It's also just like a really cute album. Pop didn't treat her well. I think we can agree no. on that. Well, she did win like tons of Grammys, so maybe not that bad. Right. In terms of like audience reaction, like society yeah, yeah, at large. Yeah, she got canceled. I forgot about that. I'm just, yeah, I'm surprised that this album is like what it took to kind of return to praise, you know, mm-hmm. for her. I mean, I just find it unbearable. Like, I'm never going to like Taylor Swift. I don't really want that energy in my house. But why is that? <laughs> I like don't want... Why do you want, hate her so much? Like, I feel like she, you're right, she's a storyteller, but she's telling a story of this like version of America that I honestly don't want to hear about. Right. And like, I obviously don't relate to it's highly aspirational. I'm like, it's not my fantasy, you know, I don't want it in my world. (laughs) It's kind of like, it's kind of like how I don't want like bath and body works candles in my house. Like it's similar. Like I just don't want that energy and kind of nothing she can do will change the fact that her voice makes me, like, invert. Like, it's, it's like, vocal. Like, that's the problem yeah. for me. Like, I... She's just not my girl. I don't know. That's all <laughs> there is to it. I mean, that's all really fair. I feel like it just comes down to, like, the visceral, like, what do you like? It's so, music and so what visceral. Do you like? it, it's music. It's not, like, a book that you can sort of convince yourself to read it. No, it's a fucking either... You, like, that, that HRH collection is, like, you either get it or you don't. You're into the vibe or you're not into yeah. the vibe, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, shut up. 
Like, I get it. Shut I get up. it. <laughs> Shut up, Taylor. Leave my house. Um, like, I and, get it. I mean, everything from the first time I read the, the song names to actually hearing her sing the kind of twee, wistful lyrics of this, like, mm-hmm. of this world that I'm not a part of. Like, I mean, yeah, it doesn't turn me on. I, re- I really don't want it. But I'm happy for her. <laughs> You're happy for all the listeners, including me. Honestly, I would love to move on. Um, I'm happy you liked it. I'm happy people liked it because I don't think many people found things to like this, this summer. It's summer. True, it's true. So I'm happy people found something, but it's just not mine. I think it's a good album anyways. It's a beautiful mood album. Like It's something that you can play. Go okay, your speak day. for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, in my house. Something like, I can you play. can play. <laughs> 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 essentially there's not a lot of peaks and valleys it's not gonna be like one track is not a banger then the next one is like a ballad no it's all like kind of like very mood yeah like very like stable i mean um it's cute that way it's cute i appreciate it i love taylor for it good we're finishing off with like a i mean chronologically we're finishing off with the newest album but i don't think anyone really listened to this in a way like kind of brandy heads did but brandy did release an album called B7, as in Brandy's seventh album, <laughs> is how she decided to title it. <laughs> First of all, stupid ass name. Stunning cover art, however. If the listener listened to her last episode, I feel like this is a perfect example of like, because calling your album B7, yeah, yeah it's very stunning culture too. It's very like, when's B7 coming? Like, before there's even a title on Twitter. Yeah. 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 I can be quick on this. I love Brandy. Um, I love her voice. I think her fans who have been with her for like 30 years have gotten to her though. Literally. And I'll tell you why. I watched a live stream of this album, like the night it came out. It was like 9 p.m. I think before it actually had come out, but it was Brandy and like all these fans on a Zoom call. So she would play one song from the album. She played the whole album which is like, okay, that's like 3,000 listens. That's 3,000 streams you're like not going to get when the clock strikes 12. It's like, yeah. it'll make kind of bold for someone like Brandy, but yeah. I think she could have used those streams. But anyway, <laughs> she played every song. And to me, she doesn't sound as confident on this album as she has in the past. And on the live stream, like her fans were like obsessed with her, like vocal Bible, like legend, all this stuff. Because she kind of is amazing in that way, but I don't really hear that on this album. And on the live stream, she was kind of like apologizing a lot for like not answering questions in the right way in her mind. And like one person asked her how she like ordered the album. And she was like, oh, I just kind of listened to the end of each song and put the next one that sounded right. And then she like apologized for that (laughs) answer. It was like kind of crazy. And I think all this talk of like vocal Bible has like made her get in her head because I don't really, even her previous album called 211, which came out in 2012, there's like a notable difference in forwardness of her vocals. Like they're buried in B7, I think. As a non-Brandy, like diehard, what did you think? It sounded like a Don Richard album to me, weirdly. You know what? Vocal processing, very similar. Yeah, and the production was like pretty experimental R&B type shit that I think yeah. Don Richard kind of does sometimes. Yeah, you're but right. But I didn't love it. I just didn't see it as like a hit maker. I didn't see any like, like there's no hits in it. I feel like it's like low-key R&B and that's what she was going for. So I can't blame her for it. But I had a hard time connecting to it or like 
finding a song even that I was like, oh, I'm going to replay this one. Like I found it really hard. And I think mm-hmm. like what you were saying over the vocals is really interesting because I found it to be like, we were joking a couple episodes ago about the like thousand vocal run kind of music. And she doesn't do that. She's not screaming like Demi Lovato, but she does do a lot of like vocal, vocal stylings that are R&B yeah. that in a way just distract away from them. She's known for that. Which flexes in the middle of the song when it's not always necessary. Um, as, a, as a little anecdote that I love, I was listening to the song I Am More. Do you know that one? No, not really. And I was really taken taken aback by the first verse, the lyrics of the first verse. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should read them. Do it. But it goes, it goes like, look what you done started, kissing me in cars. My mind is in retarded, our feelings on Mars. Yeah, she says the R word fully. <laughs> I was really like impressed by her boldness. To it's retro, that. isn't it? She also says yeah, schizo really and retro. borderline. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. The last song is titled like No Bipolar or something like that. Yeah, she's obsessed with that. She is going through something. Bi bipolar is what it's called. Bi-bipolar. Like bias in the. Uh... <laughs> like bisexual like, polar. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> I feel like that's what she means. Maybe she's coming out as bi. Okay, wait. The, I listened to the song High Heels and I kind of like the. I was confounded by her choosing Chance the Rapper, but I guess whatever. I feel like it's a good album, though. It's like a pretty solid album. I just don't think it's like Brandy's return to glory. Like, this is not going to make her like yeah. big pop star again. And it doesn't seem to have garnered much conversation in like the media. It's like yeah. R&B heads only. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas I remember for 211, which was her last album, it did kind of have more momentum just because it sounded genuinely like forward at the time, like mm-hmm. slower in particular. And um, Hardly Breathing also, two songs from that album that are just like leaps and bounds more interesting than what we got with B7. And I do recommend those. But yeah, it's too bad. She'll be back. My favorite songs, I can say, are Rather Be and No Tomorrow. But I think Unconditional Ocean is a good representation of the album. So let's hear it. It's good. If you listen to 211, the vocals are in a different universe. Like, I don't really know if she's, like, getting self-conscious and, like, burying her vocals or if... I don't know. I don't know what it is. That sucks for her, but... Because normally I love a vocal run, but, like, you're right. The vocal runs on this album didn't quite add to the experience. No, exactly. Yeah. It's, like, muddy. There's, like, a muddiness to the vocals that it didn't No, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I kind of always associate with... R&B. I'm not much of an R&B listener, actually. Like pure. Oh, well, I think Don Richards often sounds that way. Yeah, exactly. Her vocals I think that's are like, why, like heavily layered, and like I would yeah. argue some auto tune involved too. Oh, a lot of auto tune. Like yeah. non stylistic auto tune. I think there's a yeah. lot of auto tune on this Brandy album, to be honest, that I didn't notice on 211. Mm. So I think she's self conscious. Like I saw it on the live stream. I saw her self consciousness. I almost like saw tragedy in a way. Like I really <laughs> you know, when you're like on a subway or something and you like fall in love with like an old lady or like an old man, you're like, what is the story here? 
What is this like you tragic like really, tale? You, you really missed the public sphere. Yeah, maybe I did. <laughs> Falling in love with like old old ladies. Like you just start f- like filling in the blanks. Like what? Like maybe yeah, she totally, has a wistful yeah. look on her face. Yeah. I don't know. I I got that with Brandy on this live stream. <laughs> I like invented tragedy, and I think I'm yeah, rolling with it. That's why we gays watch the housewives. Essentially, we love to like impose like like oh project tragedy. Speak onto for yourself. I could, I haven't watched that in months. Yeah, you haven't in ages. You're missing out. It's getting good. You think? Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, you're also missing out on Selling Sunset. It's such a fucking good show. Yeah, no time. No time whatsoever for that. I don't <laughs> either, but I still make time for it. <laughs> selling Sunset, huh? I think Roni is over for me, but I could maybe do Beverly Hills Housewives. I always say that, though. Roni is like, the. it is kind of the worst season that it's been in a while. Like, for sure. They miss, I miss Bethany. I don't even love Bethany. Like, I think she's not the greatest character, but she just gave the direction to the group as a whole. She balanced totally the dynamic. It's like a fucking mess right now. And yeah, they're drinking too much. It's like time to step in and a little bit. I think production should, yeah. (laughs) At one point, they said unethical for like production to see a bunch of like six year old women just getting wasted constantly. And they're like, just drunk because, yeah, no and they're, mix, they're always mixing it with pills. Like, even the last episode, it was like explicitly clear that Sonia was on like diuretic pills that made her, they made her pee because she wanted to look skinny for the cameras. Oh, God. And then that should have made her waste. And that was when I was like, okay, maybe it's a, maybe it's time for Sonia to like move on with her life and stop doing housewives. If you're like making yourself pee, if you're like a six year old <laughs> woman making yourself pee <laughs> and getting drunk of like one margarita, I think like, ah. Uh priorities should be reconsidered that's depressing like that's the kind of show i actually can't fit in right now just because i think before i was just mm, i don't even know what it is but like seeing that in my house i don't need it it's like another thing i don't want in my house anymore it's like an energy that doesn't mesh you should get one of those like uh, evil eye things. You're right, or like a dream catcher. To keep all, like, some yeah, all of shit. these like negative energies out of your house. No, I mean they are out of my house because I don't, I don't stream Taylor Swift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in fact, you streamed it out of your house. You're like not in your yeah. house when you were streaming it. That's smart. Okay, yeah. we're done. I liked it. I think it was fun. Yeah, we should mention that we are recording every other Sunday, posting every other Monday. So you have that to look forward to, I suppose, if you're a listener. If you're the listener. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I can't wait for our next episode. I will not say what it is, but it's fun. Oh, yeah. We come up with a fun concept, so I'm sure you guys will like it. And as always, email us if you have any, like, topics you'd want us to discuss. Um, Yeah, you can call in about anything, singles or otherwise. Call in or email. Their options are out there. Mm We're excited to hear from you guys, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. See you in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Like, why is everyone? Well? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, comrade. Okay, I'm done. I can't. I, I gotta go. I love you guys, though. Okay? Love you. Bye. <laughs>